Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, I was thinking, though, about Acts chapter 1 this week. And, um, you know, they were all assembled together. And check this out. Me and Marlon and Byron were talking about this. This kind of blows my mind. Here they are, the 12 disciples, right, and Jesus. He had already not only done all the miracles, taught all the teachings, but he had actually died, been buried three days, and resurrected from the dead. And here's what they say to him. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I could just see poor Jesus going, oh, God, you guys do not get it yet. After all this time, you're still asking me, am I going to restore a physical kingdom? Because that was the paradigm of the Jews. He's like, that's not what I came to do. And, uh... I think Byron said, yeah, if most Christians were honest, we're looking for a political salvation. You know, that's the real truth. And, um, you know, Jesus' whole ministry and mission were based around the idea of looking to a greater reality for salvation. Yet, as a church, it's easy for us to believe that there's a salvation in the afterlife. But we really, if we're to be completely honest, we want salvation now. In terms of our political thing. And I, listen, I just told you to vote. I'm not saying, yeah, I believe in political activation, but it's not the real key. It's not what's really going to bring the change that we need in America and the world. Amen? So uh, let's do both. Let's believe in a superior reality, and that's the kingdom of heaven. And let's be participators in this great country that God has so blessed us by His grace to have. So. All right, that's not my message. That's just a little freebie. So that's a free of charge there. I want to talk about, um, Byron had a great message last week on waiting on the Lord. How many people remember that? Just really spoke to my heart. I've been chewing on that all week. And uh, I don't know what, if he has a title for this series or whatever that he's talking about, but here's what I, the title I'm giving it to, to it is Practical Wisdom in Trying Times practical wisdom in trying times. You see, waiting on the Lord is very practical wisdom, isn't it? So uh, what I feel like the Lord put in my heart for you this morning, and I think all these things, if you'll really hear the Spirit of God speak into your heart, despite me or another person, if you can hear God's Spirit speaking to you, this is going to help carry you. It's going to help carry you, in addition mostly to your personal relationship with God, it's going to carry you through these times that we're all walking through. And uh, I'm calling this, He Cares for You. You know how much God cares for you? He said, consider the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. They toil and spin, they store up food. Do you not think that the Father cares about you more than just these? Come on, you're my special creation. I made you unique. I mean, there is a uniqueness to Dwight Jones that nobody else on planet Earth has. Only he can be Dwight. Only he can release in the spirit and in the natural the things that God's put inside of him. So I'm going to do my best to be me. Are you guys okay with that? I'm going to be me. You be you. But it all starts from this basic foundation that the Father cares deeply about each one of us. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 5 through 11. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, was get, I got this verse through a devotional my mom gave me and Sarah called, uh, what's that 
Jesus Calling. How many people have heard of that devotional, Jesus Calling? Isn't that awesome, Terry? Oh, my goodness. I'm not a big devotional book guy, but this is, like, really good stuff. Um, This is a Holy Ghost girl. I don't know much about the author, but it's really powerful. Anyway, one of the devotionals was about this idea of the anxieties of life and God caring for you. And, you know, she had reference here, and I began, the Lord began to speak to me from 1 Peter 5. It says this, likewise, you younger people, I I used to hate this verse. This is one of those, I just wasn't in the Bible. Actually, I still do because I'm still young. Still a younger person on the back nine of the 30s. Likewise, you younger people, submit, oh gosh, there's that other word, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For, and then he quotes Proverbs 3.34, God resists the proud, but gives what? Grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves Under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you when? There's the waiting on the Lord. Casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now listen carefully. Church, resist him. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Did you know that the suffering we've been going through as a body is not unique to us? It's all over the place. It's not just, it's just the season that we're in. But may the God of all grace, all right, can I get a hallelujah? May the God of all grace who called us To his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. Let me say that again. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. How many people would love to have those adjectives? (laughs) We take all of that, Lord. That's Holy Ghost right there. Here's the four. I want to give you four keys to being established, strengthened, and settled in Christ. Letting that dwell richly in you. Um, Before I get to those, I want to define this word care. Because he says in there, in that verse, um, casting all your care upon him. Because he cares for you. Now the word care is the Greek word merimna. Okay, which literally comes from, I thought this was really interesting, two words that mean to divide the mind. To divide the mind. So when he says, cast all your care on me, he's saying, listen, you double-minded person. This is a loving father. It's not a rebuke, I don't think. He's saying, take that divided mind and lay half of it down and let me give you the mind of Christ. Meaning the other half that's not of the spirit, you know, because it's the war between the spirit and the flesh. Lay the half that's the flesh down and take up my mind, the mind of Christ. It means divided mind. The word denotes distractions. Uh Uh-oh. 
I hope I don't step on any toes. I'm stepping on my own. <laughs> Distractions, anxieties, burdens, and worry. Merimnah means to be anxious beforehand about daily life. Anybody, does that ring a bell? Anybody wake up with any anxieties? Any anxiousness about daily life? But God says, lay this upon me because I've made a way for you. Now here's the four ways that I believe God's called us clearly through a scripture out of this. Okay? First of all, we hear this a lot, but it can't be said enough. Humble yourself. Number one, humble yourself. Now isn't it interesting, who wrote First Peter? It's not a trick question. It's like, who's buried in Grant's tomb? (laughs) Peter the first. He was the original Peter the Great. (laughs) I've never really thought about this before. When he goes, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. As a young man, was Peter a very humble guy? Absolutely not. He was probably one of the most proud of the 12 apostles, right? He was an extremely proud man who God worked humility in his life. Isn't that true? And it's like nobody else has more authority to appeal to young people at an older age and say, listen, young people, humble yourselves. Submit yourselves to the authority of your elders. And as I'm rapidly approaching 40 here, very quickly more quickly than I would like, I can tell, I can say also with authority that you can't go wrong as a young person submitting yourself to those mentors, parents, and pastors that God has put in your life. In fact, I can tell you all the ways to do it wrong. You know, I can tell you all the stories, mainly from my 20s, of when I didn't do that. And the consequences that came into my life, and it was like God just had to bring me through very rough circumstances. I could have saved all that time if I would have just listened to Pete. He spelled it out pretty clearly for me. And here's the other thing, young people, because this is what tripped me up. What if they're wrong? You know, like, what if this advice and their counsel they're giving me, they're wrong about it? I mean, because after all, I feel like I'm hearing God, and what they're saying could be the opposite. So how could that, I mean, I don't understand that. And here's what I learned. This is very basic. Even if they are wrong, God will still reward your submissive spirit and your obedience to who he, because remember, he did it. He put them in place to preserve your life, to protect your life, and to bring something that you really need. So just take that chance. That's the best advice I can give you. But obviously humility goes for all of us. And this is a time where humble yourself because God gives what to the humble? He gives grace. Now, let me ask you a question. What have you got on your DVR at home? You know, what have you got recorded there? I got, uh, let's see, what have I got? I've got, uh, what was that cartoon, Anna Grace like? Tinkerbell. I got Tinkerbell on the DVR. I got Horseland. I got way too many episodes of uh, Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild. 
I've got that, um, just all kinds of stuff. In fact, you know, there's a percentage on your DVR. Mine's like 5% available. You know, I need to go through and delete some of the stuff. You know what DVR stands for? Yeah, it does, but it also stands for dreams, visions, and revelations. <laughs> dreams, visions, and revelations. This is key number two to be an established, strengthened, and settled. I know Byron's going to like this one. Sitting in the heavenly realms, or DVR for short. Let's look at uh, where Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. This is really good. I mean, I, I subtitled this. You know how the Bible has all these subtitles? I put my own subtitle in my Bible. It says, Paul's bad days. Okay? Because anybody had some bad days from time to time? You can actually get some hope. You know, <laughs> If it was Paul, if it was good enough for Paul. Here's uh, 2 Corinthians 11:21. He says, What el- anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I love the NIV translation on this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Man, my day is seeming pretty good compared to this. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. I don't think he's speaking just figuratively. Probably sitting in a daggone prison cell, cell, naked and cold. Besides everything else, I know Byron knows this, I face the daily pressure of my concern, or literally in the Greek, the same word, merimna, my care for all the churches. My anxiety, my stress, my double-mindedness, my, you know, all of that, the fatigue of it all, he's saying, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be forever praised, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. I must go on boasting. Remove the chapter break. It's not in the original Bible. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. And he goes on and he describes a very vivid account of a heavenly visitation that he had. So he said, despite all of my circumstances, I've chosen to set my DVR. 
Not on the things of this world, but on the Spirit. Isn't that good? Now, to use Gary Oates' illustration, if you close your eyes or sometimes you're wide open, but if you look at the TV screen that's right here, it's HD surround sound. It's got all the bells and whistles. In fact, I joked with somebody on the way in, you see the 3D glasses box out front. It's like, don't forget to grab your 3D glasses on the way in so you can see Byron and Jacob in 3D. They're coming at you. Well, that TV screen of your spirit on your heart is very 3D. It's very vivid. And not only that, but it's a DVR. It records How many people have ever had the experience of you had a major encounter with God, or maybe a minor one, but whatever the case is, you had some kind of, uh, through your your spirit, you had an encounter with God, and weeks, maybe even months later, the Holy Spirit brought it to mind. You closed your eyes, you remembered that encounter, and it was like you were back in it in a millisecond. How many people know what I'm talking about? For the rest of you, you got to experience this because that's how God meant for us to live. It's the DVR of your spirit, and it's very, very important because when I'm having a bad day, I've got to go back to that DVR, and I can list out probably at least 10 major things that are on my spiritual DVR right now, and they carry me. They carry me through. Let me give you an example, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself about the word of the Lord, but... This is really applicable here. One dream that I didn't have but Jason Hooper had was that he was driving up 77 coming north from Charlotte. You know that big billboard that says Mooresville, home of the baseball park or whatever that is? In the dream, he saw Mooresville, home of the healing pools. Well, I drive on the interstate on that road every day coming from Davidson from my school to Mooresville to church. And I saw that sign and the Lord took me back. He said, you remember that dream? That's on your DVR, Matthew. That's home, Mooresville, home of the healing pools. This was on a really bad day where I had just received a really bad report about a really good friend of mine. You guys probably know who I'm talking about. And the enemy was roaring like a lion, like Peter told us he would. And I said, wait a second. No. Mooresville, home of the healing pools. I went home and told my wife, I said, you know, babe, Michelle Perry said we're in a different season. We're in a different paradigm of the church. Who knows? We might end up building an actual pool that we call a healing pool. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just saying God is going to do this thing. And that's my next point is resist. Wait, is that my next point? Yes, this is my next point. Point number three. Resist the devil. How? How do you do that? This is so key. I hope you can hear my heart on this, and I preached it at least three times before. Resist the devil with the word of the Lord. With the word of the Lord. Barbara just gave a testimony about it, didn't you, Barbara? You, um, you had that breast cancer, and what happened? You got a verse, or what was it? Psalm 91. Uh-huh. So you, the Lord dropped that into your spirit, that Psalm 91, spoke it to her, remember that, spoke it to her, 
She stood on it, and what happened? The tumor went away. The lump went away. Okay, the lump went away. That's resisting the devil. It's resisting the devil. Now, here's what's interesting. Take Maramnah, research it in the New Testament. Guess where it's also used? It's used in Matthew 13, 22. It's, and this is the, you know, the famous parable of the sower. It says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares, Maramnah, the cares, the anxieties, the burden, the stress of this world and the deceitfulness of riches do what? They choke the word and what does he become? Unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. See, the care is there to steal the word just as soon as it comes. I'll bet you that word didn't go unchallenged in your heart, Barbara, right? You had to stand on it. We had a lady, a precious lady from Statesville, come into our healing rooms on Thursday night. She's been battling stage four cancer since 2009. She's tired. She's standing. But you could tell she was a little battle weary. I felt uh, some common ground there. (laughs) You know, and here Venus and I were the ministers. You know, so I was really relying on the Spirit of God to come. And... After we ministered to her and the Lord really touched her, we were just chatting and ha- talking about some things. And I said, uh, what, what words has the Lord really given you? And she said, well, you know, I know I should be quoting out of my mouth the scripture more. I was like, okay, okay, I get that. But what, what has God really spoken into your heart? Just like what Barbara was sharing. And she was like, you could tell she wasn't really sure, you know. So I just, began to sh- I just began to talk it through with her a little more. And little by little, she was getting what I was saying. I said, see, because, ma'am, here's the key. It's not wrong to go through all the scriptures on healing and quote them and speak them. I mean, I believe in that. In fact, maybe you need to do that until you have a word. You know, I don't think that's wrong. But I think where the big key that Jesus is showing us in the word of God is when he gives you that rhema word. When he gives you that specific word, that's what you can take to the bank. No matter what. At the beginning of the summer, and you could see that lady's countenance change. It was like God spoke to her. She was getting it, and she left just full of joy in her heart. You could see a renewed heart, a renewed fight coming to her, you know. And uh, at the beginning of the summer, you know, Sarah, you know, I had lost my job with MCA, and da 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 da. We, we were going through this really difficult transition, and I got this prophetic word through our good friend Jim Hill on an email. And this word is like Kathy. I mean, it was like the minute I read it, you know, you know how you get these nice words from people, and you know they're well-meaning and they're good words, but it's not like it just connects. You know, you're not necessarily sure if it's completely God or not. Well, this was the opposite. It was like I read the word. I was like, oh, honey, this is God, you know. So what did I do? I took it. I put it on my notepad, on my iPhone, so I had it with me all the time. And when I was having a bad day, Sarah would take it out and read it to me. And when she was having a bad day, I'd take it out and read it to her. 
And sure enough, you know how Byron's been saying, watch the words you speak because they create your reality. Well, sure enough, long story short, by the end of the summer, that very word came completely true in our lives. And it's like, you know, resisting the devil, I'm not saying that the word of the Lord is the only aspect of that, but it's absolutely essential in this hour that we live in. And you say, well, Matthew, you know, I'm not real prophetic. I don't, I don't really hear God like you. I'm like, oh, yes, you do. You do hear God. That's another message for another time. But God is speaking more than we're hearing. How many people, I mean, trust me, God is speaking loud and clear. I believe God's going to become even louder as the end of times approach. I believe we, at least our children, our grandchildren, are more than likely the one generation that will be the Enoch generation that will never die because Jesus is soon to come. I'm looking forward, I'm preparing a series on end times. I hadn't told Byron this yet, but I'm really excited about this because I believe God is preparing us for these last days. How many people bear witness to that? In your spirit, just God is just doing something. So humility, DVR, sitting in the heavenly realms, resisting the devil with the word of the Lord. And number four, oh, and I like this one, lean back into grace lean back into grace and uh this isn't on the screen but i was reading this verse in uh in verse uh let's see if i can find it here yeah because it's all about him romans eight eighteen. paul says for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what the glory is? It's just a manifestation of the grace of God in our lives. Becky's been teaching the series on grace in our school of the supernatural. It's been so rich. One of the things I love, she said, grace is the key to revival. You know why? Because it gets all the heaviness off. All that stuff, all those religious spirits, all those heaviness. Grace breaks all that off of you, and the next thing you know, you're wallowing around on the floor like a fish. I mean, maybe not, but at least in your spirit you are. You know, so he says, for the earnest expectation of creation even waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. And he goes on in here, I'm, I'm not reading the right verse, but he talks about how the Spirit will help us in our weaknesses. And just like Byron was talking about with groans, which is just simply Paul conveying in a speaking even of a, a heavenly language, what that does is it releases a grace into our lives. What do you mean? What I mean is you didn't have it one minute, and a few minutes later you do. Did you do anything to get it? No, other than just pray and God deposits something in your spirit. That's what I mean by lean back. I love that Byron shared that he was watching a football game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what I love about Byron is he, you know, most pastors will be like, well, church, you know, I was just spending like 18 hours with the Lord yesterday. And I was praying in the spirit. And he's like, well, you know, actually I was watching a football game. I just put it on mute so that I could pray in tongues at the same time. I thought, yeah, 
That's how life is lived. You're the same way. So am I. I mean, I've got an 18-month-old girl that screams like a dinosaur. You know, she's like, we call it the T-Rex. Ah! You know, you're just like, oh. I come home, and mom's like, i got to have a break. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Can we get a babysitter? <laughs> she's precious, you know. Obviously, we love her to death. But man, it's life, you know. You come off the late shift, you know. You've just worked an 18-hour, whatever. Man, I'm just not as spiritual as Byron Baloney. But you're probably more spiritual. He didn't hear that. Scratch that from the tape. If you're not, you're in trouble, he said. That's the reality. And in Romans 8, I didn't read this part, but he was talking about the adoption of sons, remember? We cry out, Abba, Daddy, God. Like, that's the key. Lean back into his grace and let him do it. Me and Becky were talking about how healing is a grace. Did you know that? There's just nothing you can do to get it. You just lean back. Into the arms of Jesus. It's a grace. Listen, guys, if you think there's hoops you got to jump through to get healed and all this stuff, I think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong. I believe in methods of praying for the sick that can be helpful, but that's not the key. The key is exactly what Barbara did pray until you, if you need to, until you get the word and stand on the word. Stand on the word to the end, because it won't fail. God will not fail. He's going to make this thing come to pass. Now, let me wrap this up, because I see people getting a little fidgety, a little, uh, you know, what does Byron say, the, the body language he can read? No, you guys are awesome. Oh, here's my conclusion. So here's the four keys in the established, strengthened, and settled, if you didn't get them. Number one, humility, get low. Number two, set your DVR, sitting in the heavenly realms. Number three, resist the devil with the word of the Lord. And number four, lean back into his arms of grace. Number five, is anybody getting anything? Oh, not number five. This is a, this is a conclusion, okay? This is a good one. Y'all ready? You got any seatbelts on those chairs? Get your seatbelt on. <laughs> Get to the river! Get yourself to the river. Psalm 46. Why do I need to get to the river? Because God's there. God's in the midst of her. God is our refuge and strength. I don't need this microphone. Mighty and impenetrable to temptation. This is the... The, what do you call that version, Becky Light? Amplified. It's amped up. A very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change. Hello. And though the mountains be shaken in the midst of the sea. Hey, let me ask you a question. What did Jesus say that you must have that could throw a mountain into the sea? Faith. What's the opposite of faith? Fear. What's the opposite of fear? Faith. You see this? Therefore, you won't fear because you got faith. How big is it, Jesus said? Just this mustard seed, just the tiniest seed. If you got that much faith based on the word of the Lord, you can say, mountain, be removed. Though its waters roar and foam. I'm going to calm down. 
Though the mountains tremble. Yeah, right. At its swelling and tumult, Selah. I love this. Pause and calmly think of that. <laughs> Actually, there's an exclamation point. Pause and calmly think of that. Set to DVR. There's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles, Denise, of the Most High. God, woo! Oh, come on. He's in the midst of her. Woo! Come on, man. She shall not. Man, I'm trying to wake y'all up on a Sunday morning. She shall, I think, what was T.D. Jakes' youth pastor? We saw him at a conference one time. He said, don't judge my breakthrough till you've seen my been through. You know, and that's how I feel right now is if you knew what I've been through, you wouldn't be judging me for all this. Woohoo! You know, don't judge my breakthrough till you've seen my been through. File that one on your DVR. That's a, now I'll never forget that. Man, I love that. There's a river whose streams, the holy place, the tabernacle. God's in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her right early at the dawn of the morning. And it gets better. See if this sounds like the evening news. The nations raged. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. But he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, church. The God of Jacob, the God of Israel is our refuge, our fortress and high tower. Are you ready for another Selah? Pause and think of that. Woo! DVR, it's recording. <laughs> Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations and wonders in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. Come on. He breaks the bow into pieces and snaps the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Now let be and be still. And know, recognize and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower and stronghold. Selah. Are y'all ready? Pause. Uh-oh, it says calmly. <laughs> and calmly. Think of that. Woo. Woo. That's the amped up version. It's the amplifier. Call it amped up. Man, I hope you guys have gotten ministered to, because I surely have. In case you can't tell, why don't you stand to your feet? Cool. Come on up here, Amy. Now, um, Christiana Bellamy, her Achilles tendon had really been messed up, popping and such. And um, during the words of the Lord that came forth, the word of knowledge, she walked up and down the stairs, 80% healed, just like that, as we prayed. Anybody else feel, you know, feel a measure of healing in your body? Just wave at us here. Um, over here, you did, ma'am? Cool. Praise God. So really stand on those things. The word of the Lord, as we submit ourselves 
to the Lord, to one another, because he says that, submit yourselves to your elders, but then, but submit to each other, you know, those things. As we really do that and stand on the word of the Lord and keep our hearts attuned with the DVR of our spirits, lean back into his grace. Amen. Amy's dream. I just want to share this because I, I felt like it was just encouraging with, to go along with what Matthew was just talking about this morning. But I had a dream a few months ago, and um, I started out in this, like, community pool. And all these people, we were all just, I didn't even really recognize anybody, but there's a community pool. And I was getting in the water, and it was like we were all going to the left side to go one way, and then the other side was coming in this way. It was like it was moving. So I got in the pool and started swimming, but then as you'd swim out, it turned into a river in it. Um, was like you were just floating in this river, and all of a sudden we was outside. It was outside, and there was this went under this really awesome like bridge and this brick bridge, and it was a real. Um, and then we came to the end, and most people were just getting on the river and going back in. But I started walking because it became a road, and I was in this really, really awesome. It was like this cute little town and like um, brick roads and just cute houses, and so I was just really intrigued with where I was at, like I was just in awe and just really loving where I was at, but only a few people were walking, and I didn't really know where I was at, so it's like some kids were running up ahead, and but then I heard other people go, okay, it's time to go back, let's go back, and so I was like, okay, I guess I need to go back, <laughs> like I don't know where I am, so I started walking back, but as soon as I turned around, Matt Stewart was standing there, and um, I was like, hey, <laughs> and he like helped me up this little step and started walking back with me, and and then when we got back into the community pool area, he said, heaven's tablets are the breath mints for the future. And I stopped and turned. I was like, wait, what did you just say? Because I knew when he said it, it was like something straight from heaven that I needed to remember. But he just kept walking and went past me. And when I turned around, I was like, wait, what would you say? This man was standing there, and he was this really clean-cut businessman with this um, – Huge beard, just gray hair, beard, just really clean cut, all dressed in gray, business suit. And he repeated it, and he said, heaven's tablets are the breath mints for the future. And I immediately went into this other room trying to write it down because I was like, I've got to remember this. I knew I need this. It's like straight from heaven. And um, so when I, I emailed Byron and Becky the dream, and, and just from what I had gotten from it was that, one, with Matt being in there, it made me know where I was at, and I was in heaven. <laughs> and so it was like immediately I was like, oh, here I am. <laughs> okay. And, um, and then that businessman um, was the Holy Spirit. And Byron was just saying that because he's dressed in a suit, it also indicated finances in, in that area, too. And um, But heaven's tablets are the written word, like tablets, but the written word on your heart, too. Those words that the Lord has written on your heart, as well as words, just the word of God. And that they are the breath mints for the future to get us through and what's going to bring that fresh life. That bring. I also felt like in the dream it was like a wellspring, fresh breath mints or wellspring for the future. So, Thank you, Lord. You know, the interesting thing about that, I love God and his personality, is Matt, he was my best friend, he was really into breath mints. <laughs> no kidding, man, I just remember, we were getting ready to go out to his wedding, I was the pastor, you know, I was marrying him, so we're standing in the church kitchen, he's like, he asked me like 18 times, Matt, is my breath okay? And, I'm like, and he, he was popping breath mints like they were going out of style, I'll never forget that, and it's like, thank you, Lord. 
that you, use, you even use Matt's personality in heaven to reveal your heart. So why don't we just take a minute here and get in the river. Um, Heather, can you come play or something real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As she's coming up here, we were walking beside this um, river in Davidson yesterday. And there's this little paved path that goes beside it. And Sarah's like, check that out. These roots, in order to get to the river, they have busted up the concrete to grow through and get to the water source. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, that just feels so much like, and I was like, well, that's my, that's my conclusion for my message tomorrow. And she's like, I think the Holy Spirit's really trying to speak to us. So, yeah. I just really, it was really wild because it was like, they weren't going to be stopped even by that. I mean, it was a concrete path and the path ahead of us was like this because I got up and saw the roots had broken through the path to get to the water. And so I just feel like the Lord's just saying, I've made you to drink and to really need to drink from my river of my presence to, to really it's what and I've made you that way. So don't worry if it feels like there's blocks, you know, just lean back, let go and I'll connect you in because the draw of his presence will draw you in. You know, it will just draw you straight through those those things that seem like they're blocking you, you know. So right now, Lord, we just ask you to connect us in. Connect us in to your presence. Connect us in right now by your grace and your mercy that you love us, Lord. You really do care for us, Lord God. You care for us. And right now, Lord God, you've made a way and the cross, Lord God, by your blood, Lord Jesus. And I just plead your blood over all our minds, Lord God, all our hearts, Lord Jesus. You just wash us. You wash us in your blood, Lord God. You wash over our minds, Lord. You change our minds, Lord. We say right now we want a reset of the video screen on our minds, Lord God. We want to change the channel. Right now, we want to set our minds on things above, on you, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus over all of our minds right now, that you would wash us and that you would come with your spirit and fill us up. Come, Holy Spirit. We just say, possess us, Holy Spirit. Possess us fully, the fullness of Christ, Lord God, the fullness of you, Lord Jesus. Just fill us up right now to overflowing. Connect us into those heavenly places where we are seated with you, Lord God. We are seated with you, Lord. Between the Father and the Son, just snuggled in you, Lord God. In you, Lord Jesus. In that place with you, Lord God. So why don't you just sit down for just a second? I know you need to go. But just take advantage of these comfortable theater seats.